You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus is preaching, and really the the message this morning is not my words, but it's the words of Jesus Christ. It's, it's awesome to come to church and to be able to hear songs that elevate, lift up the name of Jesus Christ. As we think about the Christmas season, that's what it's all about. I, I enjoy going to different public places and, and hearing the songs about Jesus Christ. And sometimes you'll even see people uh, mouthing the words or singing along. And I think to myself, if you only knew the truth of what you're singing... And how powerful it is. It would change your life. And I love the Christmas season. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus is preaching. And he begins this message. He's preaching to his disciples. But a a multitude has gathered. And he begins to preach and, and teach them. And he tells them right off the bat, take heed. Be careful. Be cautious. Guard against the leaven of the Pharisees. He begins to preach against the Pharisees. And he, he calls them hypocrites. And he says, be careful of the hypocrisy that you find in these religious people. He then goes on to teach a little bit more. And in the midst of his message, in the midst of his sermon, he's interrupted by a question. A man who has a question. If you look with me in Luke 12, verse 13, the Bible says this. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? As Jesus is preaching, this man comes forth, and I don't know if, like in the days of school, he raised his hand or he just interrupted. And he says, Jesus, I have a question. I have a brother, and there was an inheritance given, and my brother got a bigger portion. Talk to him and tell him to divide his inheritance with me. And Jesus, knowing the intent of his heart, and Jesus being able to look right through it, responds with these words in verse 15. He says, Take heed, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. This morning, for the next few moments, I'd like to preach a message entitled, More. More that matters most. Let's bow our heads this morning. God, I do ask that you would help me. God, I need you this morning. Lord, I pray that you would do what I can't do, that you would speak to each and every heart that's here. Lord, as I have been convicted of this thought, of this message in my life, I pray that you would please help me to be able to convey it in a way that would give you the glory and the praise, for you are worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we live in a day of great comfort. Today we live in a day of great convenience, of great wealth. Materially speaking, we are among the most blessed, if not the most blessed nation in the history of the world. Very few countries today enjoy all of the things, all the amenities, all the blessings, all the comforts that we have in life. It is something that simply because we're an American, we are afforded those blessings that much of the world cannot afford. Comparatively speaking, when Jesus would have said uh, these words some 2,000 years ago, the, the Jewish people would not have nearly had all the comforts, all the luxuries, all the amenities that we have today. 
And yet I find that 2,000 years later, his message is still as relevant today as it was back then. See, the truth is, we live in a day of great covetousness. To covet is a strong or excessive desire of obtaining and possessing some supposed good. It's a desire to attain more. To be honest, it's the motto of our day, is it not? We live in a day of getting more. It's the philosophy of the day. It's the God of the day. It's the measure by which we determine how successful we are as people. The world tells us the more you have, the more successful you are. But if you don't have, unfortunately, you haven't quite arrived in life. It is the God of the day, the wealth, the riches, the fame, the fortune, the material possessions that we get. And more of all the above is what the world says we need in order to be successful. In America this last year, $380 billion were spent to get a product, to get an ad in front of your eyes, whether it be on TV, social media, YouTube, wherever the channel may be, companies know that if they can get something before our eyes, if they could dangle that carrot in front of us, yeah, yeah. then they know that we are likely to click on that ad, we are likely to covet what it is they're advertising, and we're going to go out and we're going to get whatever it is we want and usually have it at our doors within two days. Thank you, Amazon Prime, right? It's a lifesaver. But we live in a day where basically anything we want can be had within two days. Think about this. If you don't believe that we live in this day and age, consider our society. Think about this. We take one day a year, one day out of 365 days in our calendar year, and we designate that day as a day of giving thanks. We call it Thanksgiving. And we take that day and say, all right, here's the day. It's on the calendar. There's a name. One 24-hour period to give thanks for all that we have. But that Thanksgiving day really ends about 2 o'clock. Because 3 o'clock, we're in the vehicles. We're loading up. We're heading to the mall. We're going to fight the crowd. We're going to lose our salvation. We're going to beat someone up all to save a few hundred dollars on a flat screen TV that's one inch bigger than the one we bought last year. Isn't it true? That is our version of Thanksgiving here in America. We are a very covetous people. I wonder this morning how many of you are brave enough to raise your hand and say, Brother Fenner, I'll admit it. No shame. I am a Black Friday shopper. Go ahead. Put, put the hands up. I know there's more of you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I see the mob mentality in each of you. It's, it's an amazing thing. I am not a Black Friday shopper. In fact, I'm not much of a shopper at all. I hate the malls. I hate the stores. I love Amazon. Online shopping, that is a gift from God. Being able to sit on my couch and to plug away and get everything delivered to my house, that's amazing. But I made the mistake one year of heading out there. See, at that time, my wife and I, our contracts came due for new cell phones. You know, we had whatever the latest iPhone was. We paid it off. Our contracts were due. And it just so happened that Apple released the newest, the nicest, the fastest, the supposedly best camera at that time, iPhone. And I'm not going to lie. I read the reviews. I watched videos on it. I thought this would be amazing. This would be, make my wife and I yep. better people. If I had this, 
I would be a better man. I don't take pictures with my phone, but if I did, they would come out beautiful. It'd be great. It would be awesome. And I just happened to see they were having a Black Friday deal at Target. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there Thanksgiving night, Brother Everson. I, I normally wouldn't do this. Crowds give me anxiety. And, and just going to Costco on a Saturday, uh, blood pressure begins to, to, to escalate. Heart begins to beat fast. My wife will usually say, it's okay, honey. You're going you're gonna to make it. You're going to calm down. And that's just getting through the parking lot. When you get in this store, it's like bumper cars with those cars. You're pushing your way through. And then you get to, you know, they have those food samples. I love the food samples. Anyone else here there? You go there just for the food samples? Yeah, the entire church, right? They're free. Who doesn't love free? And then you get there right in time as they run out of those, you know, pizza bagel bites or whatever it is they have. And so you're standing there and you're waiting and you, you understand that they're out, so you form a line, right? It, it's common knowledge that whoever's in the front of the line, they go first and so on and so forth. No, not at Costco. As soon as they're pulling those bagel bites out of the little mini oven to put them on the plate, people are pushing and shoving and grabbing and I'm throwing punches and it's an amazing thing. But this year I decided I was going to go out and I was going to get my wife and I some new iPhones. Is it because the iPhones we had no longer work? No, they were fine. They were great. They worked just, just fine. But there was something newer. There was something nicer. I fell victim, if you will, to the trap of more. And so I planned it out. I was going to go to Target. I knew what colors we wanted. I knew all the specs we wanted. We had our Thanksgiving meal. And about 5 in the evening, I believe they were going to open up at 6, 5 in the evening, I got in the car, I drove to Target, and as I pulled into that parking lot, it was completely packed. Unbelievably packed. A line coming out the door, down the side, down the other side, around the back side of the store, hundreds of people there. And I won't lie, there was a, there was a thought, I'm like, I should just leave. I should just forget about it. You know, tell my wife I'm a failure, I'm sorry, no new iPhones for us, we're just going to make do. But I'm like, no, I'll stick it out. I'm going to overcome, I'm going to be a victor here. And so I got in line and, you know, over that course of an hour, slowly, step by step, finally the time come, came where I was about to go in the doors. And as I got ready to go into those doors, there was a greeter there, happy Thanksgiving. I'm like, happy Thanksgiving to you. And they said, whatever you do, just don't run. Had they not said that, I probably wouldn't have thought about it. I probably would have just walked in casually. But it planted a seed in my mind that maybe I was supposed to run. <laughs> maybe they even wanted me to run. And as I came walking in, there was a lady who came in next to me, and we were almost step in step. I looked at her. She looked at me. And then it hit me. Maybe she's going for an iPhone. Maybe she's going to get the last Black Friday iPhone deal there is. So I walked a little faster. She walked a little faster. And <laughs> next thing you know, we're going. We're booking it down the aisle. And then I let loose. It was an all-out sprint. I'm proud to say I beat her to the line, right? She was no match for me. And I got in line. And lo and behold, in the electronics, there was only a line of about 10 people. I couldn't believe it. I thought, this is a Thanksgiving miracle. You know, this is amazing. There's only 10 people in line. There was a sign there, and the sign said, electronics line starts here. I was there for the electronics, so I got in line, and I was happy. 
I thought this is going to work out great. I'm going to get my new iPhone. I'm going to go home. My, my wife's going to be proud of me. It's a win-win. And as I stood there waiting for someone to come and help us, I casually was looking around, and I noticed on the other side of the counter, there was another line. And that line didn't have five people or ten people. It had about 250 people going all the way down the side of the store, all the way down the backside. And I wondered to myself, I wonder what they're waiting for. <laughs> I'm in the iPhone line. There's a sign here. And a lady came up and said, what are you all doing here? And I said, well, I'm waiting to get my new iPhone. She said, well, you're not in the right line. That's the right line. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm in line to get my new iPhone. See these other people? We're here together. And these people, and it wasn't me. I, I kept my testimony, I promise. But these other people that probably didn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they began to yell at this lady, say some very unchoice words, which I did not repeat. And they, they went off on this lady. And pretty soon, the other line overheard what the argument was in our line. And they chimed in. And they started yelling, yes, you have to go to the back of the line. And I'm like, no, you have to go to the back of the line, right? You're not going to tell me what's going on. And we started yelling at each other. We both started yelling at the workers. They finally came up with this, this plan. We're going to take five people from over here, one person from this line. And finally, my time came. And the lady said, what is it that you want? And I said, I'm here for two new iPhones. She kind of chuckled. Didn't seem funny to me, but she chuckled and said, Sir, we ran out of iPhones three days ago. I've been boycotting Target ever since. But the reality is, why did I go through that experience? Why did I almost lose my salvation testimony in this process? Because I thought I needed more. I thought if I could get this iPhone, I would be fill in the blank. The world's philosophy is get as much as you can, take, do whatever you can, and when you get it, you will be satisfied, you'll be happy, you'll be content, you'll be fulfilled. But Jesus said this, life is not about what we have. It's not about the possessions, it's not about the abundance, it's not about what we accumulate. He goes on to say, and here's where I'd like us to focus this morning, he gives a parable. This parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And he begins in verse 16, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? i like us to look at this parable for a few moments and take away a few thoughts that I hope will be a help to us in our lives. I'd like to point out this man's retrospect. This man took time to evaluate, to examine, to look at his life. Much like we do at the end of the year as we get ready for the year ahead of us, we take time to go over our goals. We look at what do we want to accomplish? What is our purpose of life? What is it we're trying to do in 2024? 
As this man looked at his life, he came to the realization that I'm doing pretty good for myself. I have material possessions. It's been a good year. I worked hard. I planted crops. Uh, God blessed it, maybe, he thought. And I have a lot of material possession. He went without nothing. Every meal was there. He had clothes. He had food. He had a house to live in. He had barns. In fact, the Bible said he maxed out his barns. He saved everything he could save until he had no more room to save it. And then he came to a resolve. This is what I'm going to do. I don't have room to be able to add more. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down the barns I have. And I'm going to build greater. E-R. What is that? More. Even though I have enough. Even though I've not lacked anything, I am going to set my life to build greater barns so I can accumulate more for myself, so I can then eat, I can drink, I can be married, I can enjoy life to the fullest because I'll have more stuff. But see, while that man lived his life for the immediate and while he thought all of these things would give him great pleasure and joy, what he didn't realize was that night God was going to require his life. Look with me what it says there in the verse. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. I'm going to have an easy life. I am going to get everything I can get out of life. I'm going to gain all the material possessions. So then I can enjoy life. I can take it easy. I can coast. I can chill, if you will, once I have all of these things. But God was not satisfied with that. I'm reminded that God said to this man, you're a fool. You're a fool. Why? Because he only considered the temporal. He only considered the immediate. He only considered the possessions that he could gather for himself and did not realize That God was going to require his life. I'm reminded this morning that that same requirement is going to be for every single one of our lives. That each and every one of us one day is going to stand before God and give an account of what we did with what God blessed us with. The resources, the tools, the talents, the abilities that God gave us. What did we do with them? I hope that I won't hear you fool. You wasted it. You fool, you, you live to get as much as you could with all the material possessions this man had, with barns that were full. And still so much left over, lacking nothing, he resolved, I'm going to get more. Not realizing that he was going to have that requirement. The Bible tells us in James 4.14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. In response to this man's life, in response to the fact that this rich man, this rich fool, Jesus called him, lived for all of the immediate. He lived to gain, to gather, to amass as much as he could so that he could enjoy life. And God said, I'm sorry, but I'm taking your life. I'm taking that requirement. Your life is going to be over. You fool, who do all these things belong to now? Look at God's rebuke in verse 20. Thou fool, this night thy soul soul shall be required of thee. 
Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? God calls this man a fool. Why? A fool is someone who is destitute of wisdom. Destitute of discernment. See, while this man thought he was doing a good job, he was living like everyone else, he was gathering for himself, he was amassing riches for himself so he could enjoy life, he missed the realization that there's more to life than the possessions he had. He missed the realization that life is not about the temporal. It's about the eternal. We celebrate Christmas today. What is Christmas? It's the coming of a Savior. He came for one reason. He came to die on Calvary to pay for the sins of mankind that He might redeem us so we could have eternal life. That is the Christmas story. That is the most important thing any of us can ever know in life that someday we will be with Jesus Christ in heaven. The realization of this man's life was that he wasted it. He completely and totally wasted his life living for things that he could not take with him. The realization of my life this morning and your life is that someday we will stand before God. And someday we will have to give an account. The realization of this man is the same realization that we must come to in our lives today. Look in verse 21 what Jesus said. So is he. Now it's not a parable anymore. Now it's not just a story. Now Jesus is taking this truth and he's applying it to every single one of our lives. So is he. So is you. So am I. That layeth up treasures for himself. And here it is. And is not rich toward God. See, we live in a world where the philosophy, the God, the motto is get more. Get more, get more, get more. Gather all you can, as much money as you can, as many possessions. Get the nicest car, get the nicest house. And those things are not necessarily wrong. As long as they do not become our God and they do not become our treasure, things aren't necessarily a bad thing. But in this man's life, he had all of those things but was not rich toward God. And God said, you're a fool. I wonder this morning, in your life and my life, what are we living for? Are we living for the more of this world? I'm here to admit it's easy to fall in that trap. It's easy to be able to see something that is nice and new and the clothes and the, and the material possessions. It's easy to fall in that trap where we begin to pursue that. But can I remind you that none of those things matter. Jesus Christ came. He was born. He never accumulated anything. He had no house. He had no bed. He had no earthly possessions. He came with one focus. To seek and to save that which was lost. Could that not be our motto for our lives? Amen. Could that not be our pursuit that what we're going to go after in life is the more that matters most? Look what Jesus says in response to this idea, to this thought of gaining more for ourselves. He said in verse 22, And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, neither for your body, 
What ye put on, the life is, here it is, more than meat. And the body is more than raiment. What is Jesus saying? There's more to your life and mine than all of these things. All of these things that the nations of the world, that the people of the world pursue after, there's more purpose. There's more uh, drive. There's something that matters more in our life than the things we have, and it's what we do for the cause of Christ. Life is more than these things. As a Christian, this world may tell us that we are to be financially independent. But that's actually, from what I read, anti-Bible. God says, I want you to be 100% dependent on me. Say, I don't believe that. Well, let's look what Jesus said here. In verse 24, he said, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which... Uh, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you, taking thought, can add to a stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to that thing which is least, why take ye thought of the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spend not, and yet I say unto you, that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And here's his response. And take not, and seek not what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your father knoweth that ye have need of these things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, God's plan is for us not to worry about how we're going to get our next meal, where we're going to get our clothes from, how we're going to be able to, to pay this bill or meet that need. God says, I can do that. I can do that for you if you will not worry about that, if you will focus on doing the most important thing you can do, doing more for the cause of Christ, I will take care of these needs. I will make sure you have everything you need if you will live your life for the more that matters most. I know in my Christian life, sometimes it's so easy to look at things and wonder, how am I going to figure this out? How am I going to meet this need? How am I going to pay this bill? But I'm reminded that if I'm living my life in a way that, that is in accordance with the Bible and doing what I'm supposed to do, that God said, I'll take care of that. Don't worry about that. Do the more that matters most. This morning, my thought is simple. Jesus Christ came for one reason. He didn't come so we can build up for ourselves treasures on earth. He didn't come so we can have nice things. He didn't come so we can live our life focused on getting more and more and more. He came for one reason. He came because there are men and women who will die and spend eternity in a place called hell. We can live our lives for ourselves in 2024. We can gather for ourselves. We can provide for ourselves and in the end, there will be nothing of eternal value to show for it. Or we can live our lives doing more for the cause of Christ. You know, I'm thankful as I look back over this last year, I'm thankful for the missions conference that we had. 
I've not been able to get it out of my mind. I've thought about it time and time and time again. Now, there was a missionary, someone who gave up every amenity and comfort and nicety of life in America to go to a foreign field and to tell people who've never heard about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And that man and his family said, we need a vehicle to be able to get to some places to give the gospel to people who never, know, who never heard. And I'm amazed that the North Valley Baptist Church gave financially, not to buy him a used vehicle, but to buy him a brand new vehicle. And he came back here and said, we have seen people who have trusted Jesus Christ uh, as their Savior because of what the North Valley Baptist Church did. Can I say that's the more that matters most? That, that's the more that's going to that's gonna last for all of eternity. Everything that we have down here one day will burn and mean nothing, but what we do for the cause of Christ will last for eternity. Can I challenge us this morning? Can we retrospectively look at our lives? Can we examine our lives and come to the reality that God has been so good to us? That He's met our needs. He's given us the things that we have. Our talents, our abilities, our health, our resources, our riches. Can we realize that the treasures of this life will corrupt? They'll be destroyed. They'll burn. But the treasures that we lay up in heaven will last for eternity. Can we be reminded that every single one of us one day will stand before God? And we will have to give an account for our lives, what we did with what God gave to us. May we have no regrets. I don't think we're going to ever get to heaven one day and say, well, God, I'm, I'm sorry, I did too much. God, I gave too much money. I should have held some back for myself. God, I'm sorry I, I, I gave to all these programs that our pastor asked us to. God, I did more than I probably needed to. I don't think that will be the reality of a single person. Think when we stand before the one who gave his life and died for us. I think every one of us is going to wish we did more. I want my life to count for the cause of Jesus Christ. I want to hear one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not you fool. You fool, you wasted your life on things that didn't matter. You did more for what matters most. Can we resolve to refocus our lives on the more that matters most? The more that affects eternity. The more that brings sinners to salvation. The more that sends missionaries to foreign fields and builds churches all around the world. The more of God in our lives that, that helps us to be the salt and the light that God has called us to be. May we add more church. More of God's power in our lives. May we add more soul winning, more giving, more serving, more prayer. More of the word of God in our lives that we may be able to look back in 2024 and say, I did more for the cause of Christ. Not I gathered more for myself. Not I increased my riches. I built more barns. I have more stuff. No, I did more for the cause of Christ. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.